You are listening to a podcast from West Hill United Church located in Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. These podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our listeners, volunteers, and members of our community. To donate, go to our website, www.westhill.net, and click on the Canada Helps button, or go to www.westhill.net forward slash donate. Good morning, West Hill. Good morning, good morning. Welcome. I love this table setup. We just need like coffee now at the back and Oh, we got it going. There's some Irish coffee in there. Um we wish to acknowledge that we are on the traditional territory of the Mississaugas of the new credit First Nations lands, which lands were previously occupied by the Seneca and Huron Wendat First Nations. Grounded, guided, growing. A time for centering. From Scott Kearns. Uh, what Deb was saying about uh, love being the basis, it's it's beautiful when people can agree on that value but as she said after that how is love applied and people have very different ideas about what is good for someone else and what is wrong for someone else and i found this picture uh the next one peter a picture of a, a view through two rock cliffs beside you and I, and i i love that the, what we put even what we think of what we can think of even before love is what do we ground our idea of what's real and what's true in and again it could be interpreted differently but grounded in life i put that down in the rocks down in the rocks i put grounded in life so you have to to go through this passage where you have to pretty much see that it's a passageway with rocks on both sides and you're going to have to get through so the real reality and it's not uh, you're not going on a myth about the rocks or somebody else's story you're going about you're going to assess these rocks and the next picture there's where the guide is so if we're grounded in life then guide how am i going to go through this chasm how am i going to go through this passageway and i will try to be guided by i mean this is is a, what do you call it? A metaphor, an analogy. Um, but to go through life with love, grounded in that reality, so tough. You and I may disagree on the, on the application of that. I, I work all the time when a new policy comes in about uh, assisted uh, doctor assisted dying or or uh, sexuality in 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 a, in a residential area. Every, everyone there would say they're guided by love, but how do we figure out what that means in this case? And that's where the wisdom comes in: is to talk and to learn. Uh, John DePetty, I'm going to <laughs> embarrass him slightly. He he was talking about. Uh, going into something to learn. And this is what he did. He went like this. He said, hit me with it. That's what he did. And I said, that is the posture of learning. Like, 
Let me learn. Let me learn something different. Give me something I disagree with so I can learn. That's beautiful. And he said, but I wanted to. And I said, that's the attitude of learning. So I love that. So if we could go through life with our arms like that, um, metaphorically, <laughs> it's a bit tedious otherwise. <laughs> there are two readings this morning. And uh, the first one I'm going to read is by Arundhati Roy from War Talk. Our strategy should not be should be not only to confront empire but to lay siege to it, to deprive it of oxygen, to shame it, to mock it, with our art, our music, our literature, our stubbornness, our joy, our brilliance, our sheer relentlessness, and our ability to tell our own stories. Stories that are different from the ones we're being brainwashed to believe. The corporate revolution will collapse if we refuse to buy what they're selling. Their ideas, their version of history, their wars, their weapons, their notions of inevitability. Remember this. We be many and they be few. They need us more than we need them. Another world is not only possible, she is on her way. On a quiet day, I can hear her breathing. Offered as wisdom for the journey, may we walk in its light. Uh, And the second one is from the watchman, uh, Alan Moore. Stood in firelight, sweltering, blood stain on chest like map of violent new continent. Felt cleansed felt dark planet turn under my feet and knew what cats know that makes them scream like babies in the night. Looked at sky through smoke heavy with human fat and God was not there. The cold suffocating dark goes on forever and we are alone. Live our lives lacking anything better to do. Devise reason later. Born from oblivion, bear children, hell-bound as ourselves, go into oblivion. There is nothing else. Existence is random, has no pattern save what we imagine after staring at it for too long. No meaning save what we choose to impose. This rudderless world is not shaped by vague metaphysical forces. It is not God who kills the children, not fate that butchers them or destiny that feeds them to the dogs. It's us, only us. Streets stank of fire. The void breathed hard on my heart, turning its illusions to ice, shattering them. Was reborn then, free to scrawl own design on this morally blank world was Rorschach. Does that answer your questions, doctor? Offered as wisdom for the journey, may we walk in its light. Focused Moments from Greta Bosper. The Focused Moment uh, was written some time ago, um, but had a bit of a busy week this week, so... It's reprised for today's film uh, for Sama, 
uh, which we'll be seeing the trailer for in a few moments, my own little mental tag to remember that. Uh, And I titled it Finding the Miracle. There is a miracle here, the unfolding of an event that turns trouble to beauty, harm to healing, that makes peace grow strong despite the turbulence and trauma within which it finds its crucible. There is unimaginable power here, the energy of which is beyond calculation. It cleans the debris from our hearts, chases darkness from the corners, pours out faith and grace like water onto dusty gravel, much of it lost, but poured nonetheless. And it makes hope rise from nothing when nothing, or worse, has been its only home. Love by any other name. Should we not be astonished that even within the most bruised and broken it lives, burrowing through chaos and clamor, insults and ignominy, surviving on the detritus of next to nothing, scavenged from the words, the touch, the abuse even of those through whom love charts no course? It lives and breathes and brings greatness into being, more beautiful still for the emptiness from which it has been born. There is a miracle here. May we be midwives to this marvel, ease its birth, and follow up with care. For love is only ever born into a mad and writhing world, and we who know it well, must offer arms to hold and hands to heal and hope to bring it through. This is the miracle here. I'm actually going to stay here today because I've got my watch here, and I want you all to get lunch just at 11.30. Oh, yeah, the trailer. (laughs) So much for that mental tag. Okay, the trailer. (laughs) Hello. Madinti. هذا الشيء اللي عم بخلي معنا لوجودي. 
ما حدا منا كان عنده اي فكره كيف رح تتغير حياتنا من الابد؟ حمزه انا حامل سما 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 عملت هالفيلم مشانك بدي اياك تفهم شو اللي كنا عم نقاتل مشانك Okay, so I thought I would read you the um, subtitles, which is what I was trying to do when I destroyed the microphone. Um, that's the third trailer that we've watched because the first three movies chosen this year uh, had subtitles. So um, I'm hoping that you didn't miss the movie because of that, but that instead you um, did as I did, and you go and read, and it just becomes part of the movie as you go along, and you don't even pay any attention. Um, but the first reading talked about, the one by Arundhati Roy, talked about empire. Uh, and I wanted to speak to that a little bit, uh, simply to get an idea of what so many of the skirmishes around the world are about. Uh, and the one in Syria, um, no less than the others. Uh, empire is, uh, has been used as a, as a word to describe a coalition of, of states, generally, uh, that worked to present a particular uh, perspective on a peoples and then enforce that perspective sometimes through manipulative or offensive manners. And so Syria is a city that, uh, unlike those that live under a regime that many do not tolerate or, uh, or feel aligned with, uh, began uh, a resistance movement which grew and in 2011 uh, spilled over into the streets in major demonstrations uh, which were then uh, quelled by the government. And I have a list here, just the complexity of trying to understand what all of that about is about comes to us uh, when we simply have an idea of who's involved in the war. So the, the president is a Sunni or Shia Muslim who believes, uh, as Shias do, uh, that the, the head uh, has God's uh, imprint upon them. And so they are the ones who bring the truth of the God uh, to the people. And any who don't, don't agree with that then are outside of the 
presence and the perspective and the, the goodwill of the ruler. The majority of Syria's population, however, were Sunni Muslims who believe uh, more likely uh, in a shared understanding of democracy. Uh, and so that some of it was uh, beginning as uh, that the regime uh, was becoming more oppressive. But now we have Russia involved in it. Um, they already had military bases in Syria, and they launched an air campaign in support of the president almost as soon as the, as the demonstrations uh, were out of control, according to uh, the, the uh, government leader. Uh, they, Russia says it only targets terrorists, but activists say they uh, target everyone. Iran has deployed hundreds of troops and spent billions of dollars supporting the government. Uh, thousands of Shia Muslim militiamen have come from Afghanistan and Yemen and Lebanon uh, to fight there. The United States, the UK, and France uh, initially provided support for what they considered to be moderate rebel groups, but then they, um, and they have prioritized sort of non-lethal assistance um, since then. Uh, U.S. Global Coalition has brought uh, out airstrikes by um, ISIS militants in Syria since 2004. Uh, Kurdish and Arab militias are there. Turkey has long supported the rebels. Saudi Arabia has armed and influenced and financed the rebels. And Israel, uh, which is so concerned about what it calls Iran's military entrenchment in Syria, um, has shipped weapons uh, that have conducted hundreds of airstrikes in an attempt to thwart them. There's a picture on one website, which I'll get Annie to send you out, and it's, it's an interactive map, and it's an overhead, or a, an aerial photo uh, of some place that looks kind of like Scarborough would look um, from the air. Uh, and then you've got this little slider that you can slide across the screen, and as you slide it, it goes from what it looked like before the war to what it looks like now. And it's really... A, a picture of a place uh, turns into a picture of ash, pretty much, with most of the buildings, many of the buildings gone, and some of them, um, the top stories are gone, so that it's just rubble, you're looking at rubble. So the city has suffered greatly under these last uh, few years of war. Uh, Wad al-Kateb is a journalist, um, went to school uh, in business, but wanted to uh, participate uh, in the uh, insurrections that were going on, the, the resistance movements and the, and the gathering of people on the streets, and she began filming all of this early on. Um, ends up filming uh, five years' worth of footage, over 500 hours of film, uh, that was then uh, put into the movie for Sama. And I wanted initially to talk about what documentary films were about and why we watch them. Uh, and we learn from documentary films. Uh, some of them are very personal, made by individuals to show something. Some of them are on a grand scale, like the BBC's Planet Earth movies. I think I've shared with you before that I won't watch them anymore because um, nature is just so bloody violent. It's very hard to watch sometimes. So. Um, so I don't watch the Planet Earth videos uh, since those killer whales killed the baby uh, gray whale, I think it was. Um, but a couple of days ago, Scott and I were watching one of Monty Don's garden documentaries. Is anyone familiar with them? They're charming. He was in France, uh, and he was going through a number of gardens in France. And in one of them, the owner of the garden had wanted to uh, create something that 
spoke to the land upon which the garden was going to be built. And that was land in the north of France, which has seen war after war after war. Uh, incredible pain uh, over just the past, uh, our past century. And in that garden, there are a couple of pieces that are, that are astonishing. I had to reach for Scott's hand. Uh, one of them was that he's created bomb craters, um, just these big holes in the garden that go down, slope downward. And he regularly has people ask him, so what are you planting here? Uh, and he tells them that they're, they're representations of the bomb holes that hit that part of France uh, for so many years. But at the end of that piece of the garden, there's this hedge, uh, a hedge pathway that is covered as well as on both sides. So it's quite dark going down into the pathway. And he tells uh, Monty to take a good look way down there, and there's a little bit of light. And so the camera goes down, and it captures this tiny little bit of light at the end of this long hedge. And that light, he says, is hope. That's, that's the hope that we have. Uh, and it's so small against the burden of rancor and despair in the world. So Wad uh, takes her camera and decides that she's going to film, uh, put together from the film that she has uh, made, a story about why she and her husband did this. They weren't married at the beginning of the film. Um, he was a doctor in a hospital and she was a student, um, but eventually they became married and that's uh, you saw there's a, a clip from that. And his uh, hospital was bombed. And so he went looking for another hospital and found uh, a building that had been created to be a hospital, but they had vacated it and t- taken most of the materials with it. But it wasn't on a map as a hospital. And as you will recall, Syria uh, had eventually all of the hospitals bombed in Aleppo where this was uh, taking place. And uh, Hamza, the doctor, uh, her husband, you would have heard him on the news because he was the person who would regularly tell about what was happening, the sarin attacks and the chlorine gas. And he would be on the news saying what was going on and how uh, the people were responding to it. And you watch the story go back uh, between the the joys of, of just being together in a new love and with a new child and the despair of... Uh, being with family members uh, or f- close friends who are leaving and the one you saw the little boy with his head on the balcony uh, in, weeping because all his friends and their families had left and he would had no one left there at all and so he was sure that he was going to have to leave as well and indeed they did have to leave. The second uh, reading really reads like a visceral uh, account of Uh, being hit in the tragedy of war uh, and describes uh, sort of what would go through it. I said to Deb that if she she couldn't read it, as sometimes she can't, um, I would do it as a focused moment because it kind of read like a focused moment. Um, The the broken sentences and and the graphic images that pull it together. But it offers us this gut level reality about, um, it's 12.30, it offers us, and you'll notice I'm still going, um, it offers us this gut-level reality of what... 11.30, yes, sorry, yeah, not 12.30. <laughs> um, can't read my watch. Um, anyway, and it, and it brings that, the viscerality of, of being hit 
in a war uh, to the fore. We get to experience it from the, from the mind of someone who goes through that kind of trauma. And the movie, the film, rather, brings us into close contact with people whose lives are going to be changed forever. And the question is, when lives have been that changed, when we have seen those things that way, um, the close of that reading is, uh, so does that answer your questions, doctor? It answers the questions about, you know, how are you? But it doesn't answer the questions of what comes next. What comes after that kind of trauma? What comes after, you know, hundreds of thousands of people have been displaced? Hundreds of thousands of people killed? Millions displaced? What comes after a city that was a vibrant metropolis uh, is turned to dust, and yet people still try to live within it? What comes after a child that for a child who doesn't cry when a bomb drops, as her mother laments in the film. In the final uh, message, um, in the final piece from Wad, which was spoken in an interview, she says, we were trapped in Aleppo. Even before the siege, we felt that we were abandoned by the whole world and by our own government who was killing us. And that gave us the feeling that everyone was letting us down. So the only way you can believe in something is just to keep on pushing what you believe in, to keep on going. I know that this footage will not rescue me, but it is what will keep the story alive and preserve it. For instance, and she's referring to something in the film, when that woman shouted, film, she also said, let the world see that. For her, even if she just lost her child, even if filming did not bring her comfort, or even if they didn't rescue her, she meant that the world will know what's going on. We need people to care. We need people to look at us, to see the situation, and to feel what that means. So I invite you to watch the film on, um, on the YouTube uh, link that Annie sent out. And then after coffee, maybe in the next few weeks, we can talk a little bit more about it. Um, and learn uh, from one another how we deal with trauma and how uh, we can offer, uh, what we can offer to those who carry it with them every day. Thank you.
most of the pain that uh, we experience in this first world is pain of illness or uh, injury, the pain of loss uh, when we lose those whom we love, uh, chosen pain, hipsters choose their pain. Um, it doesn't bleed its way into us and settle in our cells and our bones uh, in all of our responses in the same way as it does uh, to those who have been traumatized year after year after year by war and by the challenges it offers. So may we only ever deal peacefully with one another. Uh, treat those we meet who, whose stories we do not know uh, with equanimity, with curiosity, uh, and with a soft heart. And may we leave this place bound by the love that we share here and speak about and the values that call us to live in peace, uh, to find dignity in all. And in so doing, might we offer a tiny bit of healing, just the size of us, into the world so in need of it. Thank you. And now I'm going to stand up here and lead the last song. podcast from West Hill United Church located in Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. These podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our listeners, volunteers, and members of our community. To donate, go to our website, www.westhill.net, and click on the Canada Helps button, or go to www.westhill.net forward slash donate.